Hello? Anybody home? Today, I want you to open your mind. I've almost come to the conclusion that the story is so damning that the mass of people can't deal with it. We are in process of developing a whole series of techniques to get people actually to love their servitude. We face a hostile ideology, global in scope, atheistic in character, ruthless in purpose, and insidious in method. For we are opposed around the world by a monolithic and ruthless conspiracy that relies primarily on covet means for expanding its sphere of influence. To change the minds and the attitudes and the beliefs of the people the world, especially the United States, to bring about one world socialist totalitarian government. The potential for the disastrous rise of misplaced power exists and will persist. It has patterned itself after every dictator who has ever planted the ripping imprint of boot on the pages of history since the beginning of time. If you can get people to consent to the state of affairs in which they are living, then you have a much more easily controllable society than you would if you were relying wholly on clubs and firing squads and concentration camps. Tools of conquest do not necessarily come with bombs and explosions and fallout. There are weapons that are simply thoughts, attitudes, prejudices to be found only in the minds of men. The military-industrial complex not only controls our government, but they control our culture. As you connect the dots between different people, organizations, places, religions, history, suddenly the picture starts to form. If you don't connect the dots, it's just a mass of what's all this about. The kingdom of God is within man, not one man, nor a group of men, but in all men, in you. You, the people, have the power to make this life free and beautiful, to make this life a wonderful adventure. Someone born in the United States is not more special than someone born in Mexico. Someone who is white is not more special than someone who is black. They're just vehicles for the consciousness to experience. Brutes have risen to power, but they lie. They do not fulfill their promise. They never will. Dictators free themselves, but they enslave the people. War is peace. Freedom is slavery. Ignorance is strength. They do not want your children to be educated. They do not want you to think too much. It was learned that the aliens had men and were then manipulating masses of people through secret societies, witchcraft, magic, the occult, and religion. They reach into our children in music, television, books. Prey on children's innocence. How can I disprove lies that are stamped with an official seal? So if you have the opportunity to stand next to one of these machines, it feels like an altar to an alien god. The Army Air Forces has announced that a flying disc has been found and is now in the possession of the Army. You can deny all the things I've seen, all the things I've discovered, but not for much longer. Because too many others know what's happening out there. And no one, no government agency has jurisdiction over the truth. Any state, any entity, any ideology that fails to recognize the worth, the dignity, the rights of man, that state is obsolete. A case to be filed under M for Mankind in the Twilight Zone. It's about time some of you got acquainted with the real hard I'm Ryan Gable, your host. 
and you're listening to the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. I hope that everybody had a good 4th of July weekend, whether you celebrate the 4th of July or not. I'm sure you still heard some fireworks, some explosions, maybe some gunshots, depending on where you live. And also, depending on where you live in the United States, you might have been told not to light fireworks. Maybe it's because fireworks can spread coronavirus or something like that. But a lot of states issued orders at the state level or the local level not to light fireworks and, in essence, not to celebrate the 4th of July. Now, if you've put the pieces to the puzzle together the last couple of weeks, really the last couple of decades, the last couple of years, last couple of weeks, you've heard... Ban the Star-Spangled Banner. You've heard, get rid of all the monuments. I don't care if they're Confederate. I don't care if they're Union. I don't care if they're pro or anti-slavery. Get rid of all the monuments. All the monuments, all the statues. It's all anti-minority, anti-black, anti-gay. This was a country of white people, established by white people, for white people forever. And this just persists because of the historical ignorance and the foundational ignorance of what the United States of America is, what it was, what it was founded upon in terms of principle, and what it was meant to be. And what it was meant to be is, despite the conspiracy, if you look on the back of a dollar bill and you see the Latin phrase that means new order of the ages, the United States of America is a new order. Or at least it was a new order at a time when, and even in the 21st century, things have not changed much. But at a time when monarchs, kings, queens, princes, princesses, when the monarchical hierarchical system of control dictated the lives of the common person up until the, the, the Magna Carta, which was the foundation for Western republics. For the most part throughout history, people have been dominated by a powerful elite. And it was in the United States of America and the founding of the states into a union, a united states of America, did men and women and all other groups of people obtain what the founders called inalienable rights. God-given rights, among them life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Now, just something as simple as that, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. A lot of people take that pursuit of happiness quote, and they say, well, it's just the pursuit of happiness. You can never obtain the happiness unless you're a white person or unless you're a member of some elite class. You can't obtain happiness. And I think that is such an important perspective that a lot of people have. It's important because it is profound ignorance. It is profound misunderstanding. It's incredible that our education system in the United States, whether that is an institutional education system or the basic exchange between parents and children, the failure, the monumental failure 
that has transpired, that has, that has occurred. The reason I think it's a monumental failure is because as we're going to look at tonight, everything that we've been told, this is a white man's country. Some people believe that. There was a certain group of people who believed this was a white man's country. Let's keep it a white man's country. In fact, this was the slogan of certain political groups not too long ago, just a few hundred years ago, that this was a white man's country. But that's not true. This is not a white man's country. And the pursuit of happiness is not a carrot and stick, as some suggest. You have a right to the pursuit of happiness. Happiness is subjectively defined. Happiness is something that you achieve yourself. Nobody gives you happiness. Happiness is not a right from God. Happiness is something that you achieve, something that you obtain. But you have a right to life, and you have a right to liberty. And liberty, of the three, is arguably, other than life, of course, which is implied, the most important element. Freedom. You can say, well, this country was built on slavery. That's also not true. Despite all of what you might have heard about American history and about slave owners and about the country being built on the backs of the blacks, all of this is inherently false. One of the other things that people continuously bring up is, well, there's that three-fifths clause in the Constitution, and the three-fifths clause suggests that blacks are only three-fifths of a person. What an incredibly racist thing to write into the founding documents of the United States of America. This proves outright without a doubt that this country was founded on racism. It was founded on white supremacy. It was founded on the idea that only some men were created with those inalienable rights. However, the three-fifths compromise as it's traditionally called, although it might seem as if it limited the power of slaves, it actually was one of the precursor elements that led to the freeing of slaves. I know that might be hard to believe. How could something that denigrated a, a black man or a black woman to three-fifths of a person, how could that help them? This isn't that good, positive, good attitude of, of, of uh, Calhoun either. This is three-fifths compromise that allowed for southern states to count slaves as three-fifths of a person because if they were able to count the slave as a single person, the southern states would have had immense political power and representation. And if that would have occurred, slavery would may, may never have been abolished. And the founders were more concerned over other things. Well, what could be more important than slavery? Well, there were other things that were more pressing, like private property rights, limited small government. And so that's why it's called the Three-Fifths Compromise, because in order to obtain these things in the unification of the states, some states retained slaves, and they had to count them as three-fifths of a person. Now later, not too long after the Constitution was signed, Slavery was abolished in all the northern states. Slave importation was limited to banned. I mean, almost immediately after the Constitution was signed. So I don't know what the hell people are talking about. They don't know anything about history. 
when they tell me this country was built on the backs of slaves. Some things might have been built on the backs of slaves, but that doesn't make the United States unique, uniquely evil. In fact, the United States as a country limited and eliminated slavery as it, as it had existed in every part of the world from Africa to Europe to the Middle East to Asia. So the United States effectively ended slavery. It, it didn't begin slavery. It didn't, it didn't found itself on slavery. We'll, we'll talk about all this tonight. This is really important stuff because I don't know if you pay attention to the news. I try to pay attention a little bit here, a little bit there, and then disconnect myself. But over the 4th of July weekend, Black Lives Matter protesters were stomping on American flags. People were burning American flags. People were continuing to shout on social media and in gatherings about how the United States of America was founded on racism. It was a racist country and slaves built this country and all the classics, all the the same standard lines, the rhetoric that you hear over and over again. Turns out one of those groups in Washington, D.C. was a communist revolutionary group associated with Black Lives Matter that burned the American flag. And the funny thing is there were a lot of Black Lives Matter gatherers who disagreed with the burning of the American flag in Washington, but they don't get the attention. It's the people that burn the flag because they're destroying a symbol of white supremacy. It's like Jesus when he was on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. You saw that in like the cartoons, right? Jesus said that. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Well, forgive the Black Lives Matter communist organization because they know not what they do. In fact, I would go as far as to suggest that Black Lives Matter as it stands today is essentially another branch of the Ku Klux Klan. Now, you might say, how is that possible? What do you mean Black Lives Matter is the Ku Klux Klan? Well, I didn't say they were the Ku Klux Klan. I said they might be a little bit like kind of, I don't know, sort of like a branch of the Ku Klux Klan. In other words, they're essentially a socially destructive military arm of a political party because the Ku Klux Klan was a military arm of the Democratic Party in the South. And despite popular belief, much like in Germany and Europe before World War II began, the belief is that the Germans just rounded up every Jew because they hated them. There was no provocation. They just rounded up, put them in camps, and killed them. Well, that wasn't even close to accurate. What happened was you had subversive elements that were trying to overthrow the German government. They were almost exclusively communist. And the communist groups made up were made up primarily of Jews. So they arrested communists, put communists in jail. Therefore, a lot of Jews went to jail as well. Not all Jews, a lot of just communist sympathizers. And the initial camps that were established were not death camps. They were transit camps to bus, in a sense, to bus and to train loads and loads and loads of illegals and communists out of Germany. It's well-documented history. Look it up for yourself if you don't believe me. And it's kind of the same thing with the Ku Klux Klan. The Ku Klux Klan didn't just 
organize overnight and start killing black people. The Ku Klux Klan was established by very powerful political leaders, almost an exclusively Democrat-run organization. They spawned from other societies, like the Knights of the Golden Circle, and that's what klukos means anyway. It's Greek for circle or sphere, spherical circle, Knights of the Golden Circle, Ku Klux Klan. And the Ku Klux Klan did not initially terrorize black people. They terrorized white people, northern white people, southern white people who did not agree with slavery, who believed that slaves, black or any other color for that matter, that slaves had the same rights as they did. So the Ku Klux Klan went after those white people. And sure, of course, of course they terrorized black people, but I'm saying as an organization, one of the initial things they did was not go string up some black boys and black girls. What they did was they went after the white people who refused to acquiesce to the doctrine of slavery. And this is what Black Lives Matter essentially does. It condemns anyone and everyone who doesn't agree with their cause, and that is keeping the black man and the black woman on the plantation still to this day. I'll explain how that's done tonight on the show as well, because you might think Black Lives Matter and the Democratic Party, and by the way, I'm nonpartisan. I don't take a political stance. I'm not saying Democrats are bad. I'm just saying historically, the Democratic Party founded the Ku Klux Klan. This is not even kind of like speculation. It's, it's very well documented. Very well documented. I mean, Democratic politicians ran on platforms like, this is a white man's country. Let's keep it that way. So th- this is well documented. Ku Klux Klan, Black Lives Matter. It just kind of sounds the same to me. It's kind of similar. But see, Black Lives Matter is out here in most cities, peaceful demonstrations. And then you have communist groups that are revolutionary and they infiltrate these Black Lives Matter groups. You know, it doesn't really matter how these BLM groups are set up and how they're funded, financed, how they're organized. The average person is just there because they think that they're doing something that's good. And, and maybe in some ways they, they are doing something that's good for the community, good for, you know, certain groups of people. But you see them burning this flag outside of, um, I think they were outside the White House. They're burning a flag and there's a couple of these uh, events that happened over the weekend. Black Lives Matter Plaza in D.C. And they're burning the American flag. They're stomping on the American flag. It's a horrible symbol of oppression. You know, it's just like, I don't know if you saw the, the, the mayor of New York City, de, de Blasio. Did you see de Blasio just a couple of days ago? De Blasio's on television and he's talking about how Black Lives Matter, it's necessary, but we need to shut down religious services. And I'm not a religious person, but you have a right to free expression. You have a right to religious worship. In fact, that's the primary reason that colonists came to this land to begin with in the 1600s. They didn't come here because they wanted free open space to enslave brown people. They came here because they wanted to escape the persecution at the hands of a monarch and at the hands of a powerful religious elite. That's the real reason people came here in the early 1600s. I mean, if you want to go back further, 
Obviously, there were Europeans here long before the story of Plymouth Rock and, you know, all that stuff. But the point is, religious persecution was the primary reason that people came here in the classical American historical tradition. And they came here to escape that religious persecution. And that reasoning is a little bit different than why we fought an American revolution against Great Britain. We fought this revolution, had this revolution to escape the oppression of a powerful central bank, taxes, the taking of guns and other things. And even something like the Civil War, the Civil War wasn't fought over slavery. The Civil War was fought over economics. It was fought over banking. Slavery was the triggering mechanism. Black oppression was the triggering mechanism that led to the Civil War, which was financed by foreign governments. And if it wouldn't have been for the Russians, the Tsar sending military ships to aid the United States on the West and East Coasts, the North probably would have lost the war. Likewise, southern states would have had an extreme amount of political power had it not been for the three-fifths clause of the U.S. Constitution, which would have granted those southern states, with their political power, the ability to expand and enforce slavery, not to get rid of slavery. So these are all things tonight that I've mentioned so far here in our introduction that you don't really learn about this in school. You don't really learn about the context of what these things mean. And they're incredibly, they're not just incredibly important, they're vital. They are the life force that allows you to live the plushy lifestyle that you live. Or even if you live in poverty in the United States, it's better than some of the people who live in decent living conditions in third world countries. It doesn't justify that I'm a better person or because that, that I'm a smarter person because I, I have, you know, a job and someone who's poor doesn't have a job and they, they're homeless. This whole idea that expressing an opinion is offensive and that expressing an opinion to someone who looks different or believes something different than you is racist or sexist, these are all tactics that are meant to appeal to our emotional side so that we start to question, well, maybe I am those things. I mean, I don't really think that way. I'm not a bad person. And it's because we lack the context and the perspective makes us feel that way. So we capitulate to what the mob says, to what the mob demands. And Black Lives Matter, I'm telling you, historically, Black Lives Matter is demanding, in essence, what the Ku Klux Klan demanded. They're demanding that all white people capitulate to keeping the black man on the plantation, to keeping the black woman on the plantation, whether that's in the home or in the field. You can say it's derogatory. You can say it's racist. I don't really give a damn what you say or what you think it is because what it actually is is, well, it's history. So all these people that are burning American flags and they're talking about, well, this country was founded on racism, it was founded on slavery... You are just plain wrong. It was not founded on slavery. It was not founded on racism. It was founded on the principle of human liberty. 
true freedom for every individual. How can you say that? How can every individual when there were slaves? Let me explain something. Of all the people in the United States, a very small portion owned slaves. Most people were against slavery from a moral perspective. The ones who were not against it from a moral perspective were against it for other reasons or used as a, as a political tool to maintain the structure of the Union, as Abraham Lincoln did with his Emancipation Proclamation in 1863, which also mirrored the Tsar's proclamation in, in, in Russia that freed a lot of the serfs. The Russians, of course, assisted in the, North, uh, the Northern Campaign during the Civil War to defeat the South, who was receiving tremendous funding from England and from France. This is all American history. You want to talk about American history? Let's talk about American history. Let's do it. You want to talk about the three-fifths clause? You want to talk about racism and slavery? Let's do it. I'm ready. I'm willing. I'm going to drop some bombshells uh, here for you tonight on the secret teachings, including the name of the winner for our 4th of July raffle. That'll be coming up after break here. And I've also updated the website with all of my books for subscribers. You can go to the website, see member books, and you can view them right there on the website. I also added all my old books, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, all that. It's all there at thesecretteachings.info. Check it out today, www.thesecretteachings.info. More after this break. This is The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page at facebook.com slash thesecretteachings or our website, thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings t-shirts are now available through TeePublic and the show website at thesecretteachings.info. Whatever your color or size, check out the full selection on our website. Shirt designs include the Secret Teachings logo, our Occult Arcana shirt, the infamous Mothman, and of course the Blue Chicken Avian shirts, among others like the Paranormal Desert shirt. 
Check them out on TeePublic by searching for The Secret Teachings or simply visit thesecretteachings.info and select the merchandise option at the top of the page. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. The truth is out there. There's something out here. And so are we. KTOK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. I'm Ryan Gable of The Secret Teachings Radio Show, and you're listening to KTLK Digital Broadcasting, The Fringe FM. Check out my show, The Secret Teachings, Monday through Friday, right here on The Fringe, 11 p.m. Pacific, 1 a.m. Eastern, U.S. time. Gentlemen, thank you so much for the great work that you guys are doing. Uh, phenomenal show, for phenomenal interview, phenomenal questions, and uh, I'd be willing to come back at any time and uh, explore other topics for discussion. So thank you for having me on today. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Passio from WhatOnEarthIsHappening.com, and you're listening to The Secret Teachings with Ryan Gable. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. We're going to draw our raffle winner here in just a moment for the books and the subscription and the pocket constitution. I want to thank everybody for participating in that who did. We'll do it kind of old school here. I've got some scraps of paper with names written on them. I'm going to kind of put them in a little hat here and draw a name. We'll announce that in just a second. I'm sure most of you, at least in the United States, you celebrated the 4th of July, but even if you're outside the country, I know that pay attention to what goes on in America. You have your own celebrations of independence, like Canada Day. wasn't too long ago either. But as we celebrated our declaration of independence from the crown on the 4th of July, We did so amidst a growing fire, a growing anger, vitriol, hatred about the United States. The anger has been triggered by the lack of historical context. It's been triggered by the ignorance of history as a whole, a stunning ignorance of history, I might add. 
along with a revolutionary attitude of social justice. Now, although the United States is branded as having been founded on slavery, built on the backs of blacks, having been created only for the white man, by the white man, forever for the white man, and that we even fought a war over slavery, nothing could be further from these so-called truths. Nothing could be further from these realities. These are half-truths promulgated by those who wish to continue enslavement of those they believe are inferior to themselves. Slavery was a byproduct of wealthy families, economics, and sectionalized political policies. The three-fifths clause of the U.S. Constitution was actually genius, and it was actually based, perhaps it was a gamble at the time, but it was actually based on the idea that if we limit the ability of the South to count slaves, we limit the southern states' power to expand slavery. So it was actually genius in that it actually protected slaves and led to their freeing. The founders of our nation believe that all men are created equal. All persons are created equal. And that this right would have to be fought for, even within the halls of the government that had just been created, within the union that had just been forged. See, slavery continues today. And if not outright slavery, because slavery is when someone is owned, then enslavement. Slavery and enslavement both continue today. They continue in a couple of different ways. In countries like China and countries like India and countries all over the Middle East, slavery is not just legal, it's a primary driving force of the economic system. You go to places like Somalia, they just they, they openly trade in, in humans. Blacks selling blacks, you name it. Enslavement exists in a lot of different forms. Enslavement exists in first worlds, in third worlds, in poor places, in wealthy places. Enslavement exists in a lot of different ways, a lot of different forms. But slavery and enslavement also exist in a way that we probably wouldn't think of unless somebody pointed it out to us. Because although it's, it's not really visible, it comes into focus when you look at the details. The details are that slavery continues today with minorities on the plantation of free stuff rather than freedom. Free stuff rather than freedom. I saw somebody posted something on Facebook that kind of exemplified the problem of historical ignorance. It was about the United States Declaration of Independence, or at least at the time the Declaration of Independence that would lead to independence for the colonies and then a unification and a United States of America, but it is our Declaration of Independence. And they said that, sure, these men believe that everyone was created free and endowed with inalienable rights, but then they went home and they beat their slaves. America's racist. America was founded on racism, white supremacy. You're missing some vital information, my friend. The Declaration of Independence was to grant independence for the colonies, 
from the oppression of a tyrant king and monarch, primarily over financial issues, including taxes. That's why the Declaration of Independence was signed. It was signed to grant independence to colonies. It was signed so that the colonies could be independent of a monarchy, of a powerful religious priest class through the monarchy, and the privatized central bank of England, the outlawing of interest-free currency, and of course, enormous tax burdens. This is why independence was declared. Independence was declared as part of a multi-step process by which to establish the free and open society that people abuse and spit on and burn today because they have a right to do so. The founders also established in the U.S. Constitution, the Declaration of Independence, 1776, the U.S. Constitution signed in September of 1787, established what many people refer to as the, 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 the primary element within the founding of the United States of America that demonstrates what a horrible, racist country this really is and what it has been since the beginning. It's called the Three-Fifths Clause. It's part of the United States Constitution, Article 1, Section 2 of the United States Constitution. Founders established the Three-Fifths Clause, which is more accurately a compromise in the Constitution in order to limit the power of slaveholding states while securing other important rights like private property and limited government. Part of that multi-stepped process to achieve the open society that we have today. Even Thomas Jefferson, who famously had slaves. Jefferson didn't go out and, and, and buy some slaves and have them shipped over here. And Jefferson even acknowledged that slaves have their own rights and should be freed. You can go read his, his quotes. Only a small portion of the population even owned slaves. And after the Constitution was signed, slavery importation was quickly banned and slavery was entirely banned in most of the northern states, pretty much anything north of Maryland. Banned. No slaves. So the idea that the United States of America was built on the backs of black men and women, slaves, and that the founding documents ingrained slavery and oppression into the life of U.S. citizens or citizens of the United States, is not only flawed, it's in capital letters false. Period. Capital letters false. Period. Let me explain to you why that is after we draw this raffle here. So I've got the names written down on some pieces of paper. We're going to move these around here, and we'll pick the winner. Whoever the winner is here, you'll have to email me at rdgable at yahoo.com, like you already did, and give me your address, and we'll send this out. The winner of the raffle is, you get these unstuck here, Alma 
Adamson. Congratulations. You won three copies of my books. You also won a pocket constitution and a one-year subscription to the archive. Thank you, everybody else who entered into our raffle. I thought it was kind of fun. We'll have to do something like that again. Get rid of these scraps of paper here. Now, I would like to get something out to you as an audience. I want to share some stuff tonight with you. I've kind of given you a little bit of an overview, but I really want to get I really want to get down to the mechanisms of the systematic destabilization what I would call the destabilization of history. Everything pertaining to slavery, bigotry, racism, hatred of minorities, civil rights, all these things, anything that's bad. It's been blamed on America as a whole. Things like the Civil War were supposedly a war fought over slavery. That it was the North who didn't want slaves versus the South who did want slaves. And everybody fought it out and that was it. But see, Southerners were not merely fighting to protect their assets because most Southerners didn't own slaves. So why would Southerners fight in a war that essentially had no benefit for them? Less than one-third of white families in the early 1860s had slaves. Well, because there was a color caste system established where even the poorest white person, the poorest, dumbest white person, could be, based on the color of their skin, at the top of the hierarchy of color, where even the smartest, most intelligent, wealthy black person would still be below the dumbest, poorest white person. So this gave people a sense of superiority. This is where white supremacy came from. But white supremacy... But white supremacy was not an ideology that was forged organically. It was forged artificially and synthetically as a political weapon and a political tool. See, the real war was fought between the Democratic Party of the South and the Republican Party of the North. Obviously, there were Democrats and Republicans in both the North and the South, but the South was primarily dominated by Democrats and the North primarily dominated by Republicans. The war was essentially between Democratic slave owners, people that believed they were superior because of the color of their skin, outright racists and white supremacists, and on the other side you had a Republican Party that was yet to be called the Republican Party. Economics and secession from and preservation of the Union, along with what Lincoln called money power and banking, were primary driving forces in the Civil War. But before we can even understand this, we have to go back further. We have to go back to the 1600s. We have to go back to the initial colonies here in the New World. We have to go back to the first colony founded at Jamestown, Virginia in 1607. The people that came here came to escape religious persecution. The pilgrims of Plymouth, the famous Plymouth, Massachusetts arrived 13 years later after the Jamestown, Virginia settlers in 1620. 
And in both Virginia and Massachusetts, the colonists worked together with Native Americans to build their colony. They didn't step on shore and just kill a bunch of natives. They came on shore and they made deals with and they worked together with natives. They came here to escape religious persecution and to escape the persecution not only of the church but also of the state. Now, if you fast forward to the 1700s, over 100 years later, the American Revolution was fought. It's also called the U.S. War for Independence or the U.S. War of Independence. It's an insurrection that was fought between 1775 and 1783 through which 13 of Great Britain's North American colonies threw off British rule to establish the sovereign United States of America founded with the Declaration of Independence in 1776. The Declaration of Independence was a declaration we declare we are independent from you. We are breaking from the crown. Reasons included taxation, central banking, the outlawing of interest-free currency, which was called colonial script in the colonies, Massive debt, economic problems, and obviously the taking of firearms to disarm the colonists. The American Revolution was fought for these and other reasons. 1775 through 1783. In the middle of this time, 1776, a year or so after the revolution began, the Declaration of Independence was signed, was declared. Declaration of Independence was adopted at the Second Continental Congress meeting at the Pennsylvania State House in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, on July 4th of 1776. And this is why we celebrate Independence Day on July 4th, 1776. Most of you know that. But this is why we celebrated our 4th of July over the weekend. Saturday, July 4th. We celebrate the declaring of independence and the creation of a new nation, a nation of the people, by the people, and for the people, in the true sense of the word, a nation built on the principles of liberty, of life, and the pursuit of happiness. The Constitution was written during the Philadelphia Convention, known as the Continental. The Constitution was written during the Philadelphia Convention, now known as the Constitutional Convention, which convened from May 25th to September 17th of 1787. It was signed on the 17th of September, 1787. So colonists come here in 1607. They worked with the natives. They didn't slaughter natives. They came here to escape religious persecution, persecution at the hands of the state. You had slaves arriving not too long after that, but most of the colonists were opposed to slavery. In fact, in 1688, there was a formal protest declared. You can look this up. Germantown Friends protest against slavery in 1688. And of course, the famous, some of you might know him, famous to some, English Quaker William Penn, who founded Pennsylvania in 1681, wrote the Charter of Privileges where he denounced slavery. And the Charter of Privileges, or the Charter of Liberty, which was written in 1701, 
was one of the foundational cornerstones of the later Bill of Rights. So although immediately, when the first colony was established in Jamestown, Virginia, slavery followed just a few years after, importation of slaves. But the pilgrims that came to Plymouth, Massachusetts in 1620, the first colony that was established in 1607, they didn't utilize slave labor to build it. They built it themselves. They built it with the support of the native community. But there were some that imported slaves, and as the colonies grew, people implemented slave labor. But many of the people, including William Penn, who founded Pennsylvania, arguably the birthplace of American liberty, he disagreed with slavery, and he wrote about it, protested it. He wrote a famous document called the Charter of Privileges, where he talked about human liberty and freedom. So this was early, early, early on. And if we are to believe what people have told us about American history, none of this happened. The first colony came here, they had blacks on the ship, and they put them to work immediately. And they killed all the natives. That's not true. Then you had the American Revolution, the Declaration of Independence, the U.S. Constitution, All of this through the revolution, the first war for independence, established the framework for the nation, the constitution, and the basis for which this country would be run and governed with power derived from the people as a republic. Later on, there was the War of 1812, which many refer to as the second war for independence. In the midst of this, We had the establishment of big banks, big banks that had lots and lots of power. And we had charters for big banks. These charters for the big banks, one of them expired right around the time of the War of 1812. The charter was not renewed immediately. We had the onset of war in 1812. The next charter was to be renewed in the 1830s. Just giving you a general overview of this history here. It was not renewed by Andrew Jackson, who paid off the national debt. He was the first president to have an assassin attempt to kill him. And then as the states moved further and further away from each other in terms of ideology and in terms of the usage of slaves, some using slaves more than others, some using no slaves at all, it led to as many opposed slavery the formation of groups that openly opposed slavery. The Quakers had opposed slavery from the beginning, but groups that opposed slavery and groups that were pro-slavery, and they go to war with each other. Now this discontent, the fires of this discontent were were, were, were fanned, the flames were fanned by foreign powers like England and France. As the country grew apart, And war was inevitable in 1861. Abraham Lincoln's primary goal was to keep the Union intact. It was not to free slaves. He wrote about this extensively. It was to save the Union. If I could save the Union and free no slaves, I would do it, etc., etc., etc. He explained all this in his writings and his speeches. 
Abraham Lincoln issued his Emancipation Proclamation 1863, right around the same time that the Tsar of Russia issued a similar Emancipation Proclamation to free serfs, and it was actually the Russian government that we have to thank for supporting the North, because if it wouldn't have been for the Russian government, it's very, very unlikely that the North would have defeated the growing power of the South with support from England and France, among others. So the Russians aren't that bad after all, all historically. People hate Russia today, though. Russia, Russia, that was, that was a long time ago, though. Russia does bad stuff today. Well, we're just talking about some history here. So as you can see, the country was not founded on racism. The country was founded on the principle of liberty and life and the pursuit of happiness. But these are things that cannot just simply be established as a parameter when other people have different ideas and other people have power to uphold those ideas, ideas like slavery. When we come back from break, we're going to go deeper into slavery, what exactly is slavery, and how this country was put together, how the framework was put together, because the founders looked to secure a union, and if that union would not have been established, slavery would have gone on. It was really quite genius if you look at the historical context of what was happening, because the founders could have established a union with slavery, or there might not have been a union at all. And if there was no union at all, there would have never have been a secession, probably would have never have been a civil war, but slavery, slavery would have not only remained, slavery would have grown. And see, the founders looked to secure that union and once they had secured that union and they placed the three-fifths compromise in the Constitution, the importation of slaves essentially decreased and then ceased and slavery was ended in the Northwest Territories. The union was one of freedom for all, but one that temporarily allowed, allowed slavery, which was then to be abolished afterwards. The framers agreed to the three-fifths compromise that each slave would equal three-fifths of a person and the state's population count because otherwise the South would have had tremendous power because they'd have had more representatives. They would have run the Congress. They would have run the Senate. And there were various proposals offered on how to count the population to determine how representatives were, 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 were given. You know, small states like New Jersey wanted it to be based on something other than population because they would have, wouldn't have had as many representatives. And then there was a more balanced solution to that problem. I'll tell you about that when we come back and how the union was formed. Slavery was allowed, but only temporarily because it was abolished very shortly afterwards. And then later on, the three-fifths compromise, which so many people use as proof of the, the history of racism, it's abhorrent. Well, there are a lot of racist people. I'll tell you about who they are, too. I'm not doubting that. There are a lot of racist people. But the founding of this country was not founded on racism. It's not founded on slavery. This country was not built on the backs of slaves. Some parts, but not all of it. we got to stop blaming the sins of a few on the all, on the many. 
because it's simply not true. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back after this break. Stay with us right here on The Fringe FM. You are listening to The Secret Teachings. To contact the show, to share information and your opinion, or give recommendations, email rdgable at yahoo.com. Visit the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash The Secret Teachings, or visit the website at www.thesecretteachings.info. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, mythology to alchemy, check out Ryan Gable's book, Occult Arcana, with hundreds of beautiful images. If you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic packs made in the entertainment industry, check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. And if you want a practical look at food, lifestyle, and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, check out Food Philosophy. All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and order yours today. It supports The Secret Teachings, you, and The Fringe FM. We've heard your feedback loud and clear. You called it out, and now we're answering. All new live programming, five nights a week. Always remember, The Fringe FM is for you, the listener. And we appreciate your feedback. Keep the feedback coming. You can email us at talkback at thefringe.fm, call the station at 501-777-5631, or send us a message on Facebook at The Fringe FM. The Secret Teachings is the middle ground between the mainstream and alternative, between the official story and clickbait conspiracy. It lies between man's lack of critical thinking and his acknowledgement of discovering the patterns of nature. This is a radio show of objective analysis from the occult to pop conspiracy and health. A show we call The Secret Teachings. You can catch the broadcast Monday through Friday on the Fringe FM thefringe.fm and www.thesecretteachings.info Join me on a journey where getting lost is the only true destination. Where the past, present, 
and future all co coexist on the same timeline. I reminded that the future is not some distant glimmer, but a bright light shining in your eyes. This is the future we are in right now. Welcome to a future where our true re reflection is only revealed once the screen goes dark. Welcome to the darkness. I hope you find it enlightening. Hi, this is Andrew Kaufman, MD. I'm a natural healing consultant. Please contact me on my website at andrewkaufmanmd.com. And you're listening to The Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. Ryan Gable, your host, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. So they say that the United States of America was founded on racism, on bigotry, by white supremacists, for white supremacists, that all the founders were racist, that racism was enshrined, slavery was enshrined in our founding documents. And the only thing that upholds this untruth, this erroneous, disingenuous claim, is ignorance. It is historical ignorance. It's a generation, two generations, three generations, not being taught the context of those statements and those claims. It's subversive groups and movements that hate the principles that are enshrined in our founding in the United States that wish to abolish them and take everybody to the plantation, except the plantation is a global plantation. See, the crimes of a few were and continue to be blamed on the many. In essence, it's gaslighting. They say that the Civil War was simply the North versus the South. That's disingenuous. That's not true. They say that the three-fifths compromise, that word gives it away, compromise. One side gets a little bit of what they want. The other side gets a little bit of what they want. The three-fifths compromise was a compromise that allowed slaves to be counted as partial people so that the South had representation based on their population, but not too much representation with basically free votes. They could pad the stats with all the slaves and would give them an abundance of political representation and power over the states that didn't agree with slavery. There were a couple different plans that were proposed for this. You had the uh, large state plan of Virginia suggesting that it should be based, the represent, representatives of that state and how many they get should be based on the population and wealth. New Jersey submitted a small state plan which proposed equal representation for each state in Congress. Then there was the Connecticut or Great Compromise, which resulted in the establishment of a bicameral legislature with 
proportional representation in the lower house and equal representation of the states in the upper house. The three-fifths compromise didn't demean black people, didn't demean slaves. In fact, it was one of the key elements, arguably a genius elements, that was placed into the Constitution at a time when people did not want to give up their slaves. Not all people, just a very small number of people, powerful people, wealthy people. It's a genius move, a genius strategy that would actually allow those who didn't believe in slavery and wanted to abolish it, to abolish it in the long run. It's a pretty incredible little piece of history there that's twisted and turned so that it seems like something other than what it actually is. So let's look at this history again. The first colony was established at Jamestown, Virginia in 1607. Pilgrims at Plymouth, the famous Plymouth, came in 1620. Now, slaves came in the early 1600s. Black slaves came from Africa in the early 1600s. But Jamestown, Virginia, didn't utilize slave labor from Africa to build their their, their colony. They, They used the assistance of the Native Americans. They didn't slaughter the Native Americans. They used the assistance of the Native Americans to build their colony. And they didn't come here to create a slave empire, they came here to escape religious and other forms of persecution by the state, by the monarchy. And in the midst of this, despite the fact that there were slaves early on, there were many, like William Penn, the founder of Pennsylvania in 1681, who was an English Quaker, and the Quakers as a whole, they believed that all people had a divine right, All people had the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. They didn't didn't write that. That, that, That's what later enshrined the principle of liberty in the founding documents of the United States of America and the founding documents of this country. But people like William Penn and the Quakers, he was a Quaker, William Penn believed that men were created equal and that slavery was wrong. And so he wrote up the Charter of Privileges in 1701. This is long, long, long before the Civil War, long, long before the Declaration of Independence, long, long before the Constitution was signed, not too long after the Declaration of Independence. And people were already very upset about some people using slaves. Now, this is the history. If you disagree with it, I don't really care. This is what history shows us. And sure, there's a tremendous amount of history that we're not getting to tonight. I mean, you'd have to take literally volumes and volumes and volumes to get through every detail. You clearly can't get to everything on a show, but this is really important stuff that needs to be talked about, especially right now while we look outside and we see people burning American flags. We, we hear this anti-American rhetoric all around us. It's mostly from a generation who don't know anything about history. And we focus on a lot of stuff here on this show, but sometimes history and history only is our subject. And tonight it is vital, it is critical, because if we don't learn about this history, we are going to find ourselves, as we have actually already, without even knowing it, most of us, in a war of ideology and perhaps a hot war, a civil war, some kind of conflict 
that will in essence be the third war of independence. You had the American Revolution, 1775-1783, and you had the War of 1812, which I submit had to do a lot with banking and the expiration of a banking charter around that time. But you had the War of 1812, which was considered the second war of independence. And now in the 21st century, we're facing the third war for independence with what's happening around us. Subversive elements attempting to corrupt and to overturn, to rot out the core and the foundation of the United States of America. So after the American Revolution began in 1775, the Declaration of Independence was signed in 1776. Now, although the initial colonies were established to escape religious persecution and state power, the Declaration of Independence was signed for a number of different reasons, but primarily to escape the oppression of the state, to escape the oppression of the Bank of England, the big, powerful Reserve Bank of England, and, of course, taxes and guns. There were numerous things that led to the Declaration of Independence. And then the Constitution was signed in 1787, a little over a decade after the Declaration of Independence. The Constitution set the framework for the United States of America. And in that framework, some people say, well, They establish that there's rights to slaves. People have a right to own slaves. And how can all men be created equal if some men are less equal than others or no men at all? Well, the founders wanted to establish a union. And they decided to establish a union with slavery over no union at all where slavery would still exist. And so in establishing the union, the three-fifths compromise In the Constitution, which so many people use as proof and evidence, well, they only thought black people were three-fifths of a person. That's just not true. How horrible. Well, if you read Article 1, Section 2 of the U.S. Constitution, signed in 1787, it explains what this compromise really was. And you notice that when you read it, that the founders did not use the word slave, nor did they use the word slavery. It doesn't occur as a word anywhere in the clause or in the unamended Constitution. Slavery is not in there. They referred to slaves as people, implying that they had inalienable rights, but some people didn't believe that they had those rights. So you're right if you think that there were racists and bigots and that there were supremists of a, of, of a variety of backgrounds, white supremacists. You're right, all of that is true, but it's the context that matters, and I'm going to share with you the context of that right now. The founders wanted to secure a union, and they secured a union with slavery. However, when they secured that union, when the union was solidified, the importation of slaves decreased and ceased coming into the country. Slavery was ended in the Northwest Territories. I'm not saying this happened like the next day, but within 15 years or so, these things transpired. Now, if they were establishing a union and the Constitution was written to enslave black people, you would imagine that the importation of slaves would have increased 
and slavery would have been expanded. But instead, the opposite happened because the founders didn't want slavery to be a part of this new nation. The Union was one of freedom for all, but one that temporarily allowed slavery, which was then to be abolished afterwards. Slavery was, in essence, an issue relegated to sections of the country, not to the entire country. It was legal in 1776, but it was abolished in almost every state, with the exception of the South, by 1804. And the really interesting thing about this is, you hear today that there are certain groups of political powers that care about black people, that care about minorities more than other groups. They care about women, they care about pretty much anybody who isn't straight and white. And you wonder why, how could, how could a group of people be so hypocritical and how could a group of people be, they, 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 so, they so love and, and care and they, they want to dedicate their lives to helping other people. How, how do these people do this? I mean, there, there obviously has to be pushback from white supremacists who don't believe that. Well, let me tell you that the whole thing is, is a mirage. It's gaslighting. And I'll explain that to you right now. The abolitionist movement in the United States began almost immediately when the first slaves were brought here. By a small number of people, by the way. It wasn't the whole country. Now, even before the Civil War, there was the American Anti-Slavery Society, which was an abolitionist society that wanted to end slavery. Seven years later, in 1840, the Liberty Party was founded, and then came the Free Soil Party, a political party in the United States, active from 1848 to 1854. The Free Soil Party merged into the Republican Party. And the Republican Party was largely focused on the single issue of opposing the expansion of slavery into the western territories of the United States. Now, I don't know if you just heard what I said and checked it out for yourself where you go check it out for yourself and you realize that regardless of if you're a Democrat or Republican, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, I'm not either a Democrat or Republican. However, it's really important to recognize that it was the Republican Party initially that oppressed the oppressor. They opposed the slave owners. They opposed the Democratic Party, which was a party of slavery and of exclusively white people. They even ran politically on platforms of this country is a white man's country and it will always be a white man's country, vote Democrat. You can look up some of these original political flyers. But today we're told that we've got the Democratic Party to thank for the Civil Rights Act, for the uh, right of blacks to vote, for women's rights and all these things. But none of this could be further from the truth. See, desegregation and anti-discrimination laws relied on the notion that blacks weren't slaves anymore. But this was a freedom that was already secured by the 13th Amendment. The Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Fair Housing Bill of 1968, which were pushed by Democrats, were based on the 14th Amendment, which granted equal rights under the law and black citizenship. But it was already established, is what I'm saying. So... The idea that the, the Democratic Supreme Court ended segregation with Brown versus the Board of, uh, Board of Education is not exactly accurate because blacks weren't slaves anymore. 
segregation was a sectionalized policy of some states. Blacks received freedom with the 13th Amendment. Now, of course, through Lyndon Johnson, a Democrat, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Voting Rights Act of 1965 and the Fair Housing Bill of 1968, these were passed. And it's credit given to the Democrats that they established these fundamental rights for the black community. However, the Civil Rights Act of 1964 and the Fair Housing Bill of 1968 were based on the 14th Amendment, which granted equal rights under the law and black citizenship. And voting rights in 1965, the Voting Rights Act, supposedly gave blacks a right that they already had under the 15th Amendment. In other words, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments already granted blacks all the freedom as amendments to the Constitution that are granted in the Constitution. You see what I'm saying? The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments is the restitution. It is the reparations. Not only are you free, but you you are now just like every other person. Well, that's not what happened. You don't know about what happened in black community. We're not talking about that. We're talking about fundamentally... The 13th Amendment freed black people. I could read it to you if you've never read it. The 14th Amendment granted equal rights, and the 15th Amendment gave blacks the right to vote. The Democratic Party later came along and said, actually, those are the things that we did, and then they established their own bills and acts in 1964, 5, and 1968. Let me go ahead and read you the 13th Amendment, Section 1. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude except as a punishment for crime, whereof the party shall have been duly convicted, shall exist within the United States or any place subject to their jurisdiction. Congress shall have power to enforce this article by appropriate legislation, section number 2. The 14th Amendment. All persons born or naturalized in the United States and subject to the jurisdiction thereof are citizens of the United States and the state wherein they reside. No state shall make or enforce any law which shall abridge the privileges or immunities of citizens of the United States, nor shall any state deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without due process of law, nor deny to any person within its jurisdiction the equal protection of the law. The 15th Amendment. The right of the citizens of the United States to vote shall not be denied or abridged by the United States or by any state on account of race, color, or previous condition of servitude. These amendments to the U.S. Constitution solidified the federal constitutional authority over the states that, as part of the Union, were violating the Constitution with slavery. Hence the reason that in the 1860s, not to mention foreign political and, and, and economic assistance from France and England, the South wanted to secede from the Union because they were not allowed to have slaves. They didn't agree with what the North was doing. They wanted to create their own unification. Their, they even wrote their own Southern Constitution, had their own president. The thing that's really interesting to me is the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments were not passed by the Democratic Party. They were passed by the Republican Party. So you have to understand something. Natural rights and liberties, this, these words get thrown around, but these words mean something profound and deep and spiritual. They don't mean that a bunch of white men got together, 
bunch of hypocrites got together and said, we're going to tell people how to live their lives. I mean, in a sense, they did. They said, live your life, pursue happiness. You have life, you have liberty. We've given it to you. Every, it's a republic if you can keep it. Go, be free, do what you want. You're not my subject. It's the first time in history this has ever happened. That's why our history is being obliterated. That's why our history is being torn down. That's why our history and the symbols that represent that history are being burned. They're being torched in front of our eyes because there are people that hate, that fundamentally despise the liberties and the freedoms that we have and that we take advantage of and that we are ignorant of here in the United States. And that's why other countries, like when you pay attention to what's going on in in places of like China, places like Hong Kong, where they're waving American flags because they want what we have. They don't want the oppression of the Communist Party of China. Natural rights and liberties are not granted by man. They are granted by God. They are granted by nature, etc., etc., whatever you choose to call it. To all at birth, those natural rights include things like self-defense. Now, there are other types of rights, like civil rights. Civil rights are not God-given rights. Civil rights are granted to man on behest of a social order. Voting is a civil right. Voting is not a civil liberty. Now, if you're telling people, let's say, that only white people can defend themselves and black people can't defend themselves, well, that is a fundamental violation of natural law and natural order. However... You do see that happening today, except it's kind of the opposite. It's, well, if you're a straight white person, you're the enemy. Everybody else can commit crimes against you. This is a fundamental violation of natural law. The liberties that were enshrined in the founding of the United States of America were liberties that were secured by the will of God in the sense that God is nature. God is the force that allows us to live and to breathe and to pursue that happiness, to have that liberty, to be free. You know that the 13th, the 14th, and the 15th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution on the subject of slavery, the 13th Amendment, which abolished slavery, had 100% Republican approval in the Senate and the House in 1864 and 1865. The Democratic Party, 23% supported it. That's right, 23% of the Democratic Party supported ending slavery. 100% of the Republican Party, Senate and House, voted to end slavery. The 14th Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. The 14th Amendment passed by the Senate in 1866 and the House in 1866 was supported exclusively by the Republican Party. Not a single Democrat voted for the 14th Amendment. Not a single Democrat voted for the 14th Amendment, which allowed for equal rights under the law and black citizenship. Not a single Democrat voted for it. The 15th Amendment, in the House of Representatives, all Republicans voted for the 15th Amendment, every single Republican, which gave blacks the right to vote. In 1869, in 18, not in 1965, in 1869, blacks had the right to vote. In the Senate, 39 senators that were Republican voted yes, 13 Democrats supported it. Only 13. There were some Republicans that refused 
to vote for it because they believe that it was actually not, um, it didn't create enough equality. It wasn't specific enough. But Republican senators, three to one, voted for the 15th Amendment, meaning that the 13th Amendment was passed with 100% Republican approval, 23% Democratic approval. The 14th Amendment was passed with 100% Republican approval, 0% Democratic approval in both the Senate and the House for the 13th and 14th Amendment. The 15th Amendment, on the other hand, the House voted full Republican, no Democrat, and 39 Republicans and only 13 Democrats voted for the 15th Amendment. In other words, the Republican Party freed slaves. The Democratic Party did not free slaves. The Democratic Party was and remains to this day. You're not a bad person if you're a Democrat. That's not what I'm saying. But the core of the Democratic Party, as it remains today, just like there are horrible elements of the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, as it remains to this day, is the party of plantations. They are the party of slavery. They are the party of bigotry and hatred. They are the party of racism. They are the party of vitriol. They are the party of gnashing teeth. They are the party of monstrous, anti-human behavior. They are the party of oppression. They're the party of whatever word and whatever type of terminology you wish to apply to them. This is the historical record. Republicans also passed the Civil Rights Act of 1866. There was a Civil Rights Act in 1866. It's at 18, not 19. I said 1866, not 1964. 1866. And it was actually vetoed by the president at the time, who was Andrew Johnson. After Lincoln was assassinated, Andrew Johnson, who was a Democrat, took over, and Andrew Johnson was the vice president because he was a pro-union Democrat, and Lincoln was trying to save the union over, over everything else, as, as we've talked about before. However, the GOP, the Republican Party, overrode the veto, and the Act of Civil Rights in 1866 became law. Now, after this occurred, there was a long list of things that have been blamed on Republicans, have been blamed on white people, and have collectively been blamed on the United States of America. Everything from, from black codes, Jim Crow, segregation, you name it. But all of these things were enacted not by racist Americans, not by some group of, of white people, who hated blacks, but by a political party. If you want to reduce the Civil War to North and South, to slavers and non-slavers, it ultimately was a battle between the Republican Party, which was 100% in favor of abolishing slavery, and the Democratic Party, which was in favor of maintaining slavery. And although eventually they had to give up slaves in the traditional form, of slavery. They maintain slaves today through entitlement and through enslavement. And I'll talk to you about that when we come back from this short break. It is critical. It is vital. It is so important to get these details and to share this information with other people. This not only saves the republic, the history, but it allows us to wage war against an anti-American element and an anti 
liberty element that wishes to turn the entire world into a plantation with the destruction of the U.S. the United States of America this is critical this is vital this is history and this is the third American revolution it's being fought right now I'm Ryan Gable this is the secret teachings don't go anywhere Listening to the Secret Teachings with your host, Ryan Gable. To contact Ryan, email rdgable at yahoo.com. A woman in politics is like a donkey doing calculus. Come on, there are plenty of amazing women politicians. Name one. Uh, Senator Hillary Rodham Clinton? Awful. How is she awful? Hates freedom. Here at The Secret Teachings, we're pushing 11 years on air. From powerful interviews to truly unique analysis, we're here for you five nights a week. And now we can also be with you whenever you want to listen. Just subscribe to our archive today and get access to stream and download every show after it airs. Your subscription also includes access on the site to my books, Occult Arcana, Food Philosophy, and The Technological Elixir, along with my original books that many people have been asking for, The Grand Illusion, The Persistent Illusion, and False Prophets. We are also growing our montage archive, which will be available on the site for subscribers to listen. Just visit www.thesecretteachings.info, click on the Donate or Subscribe tab at the top of the page, and become a member today. Even if you aren't a member, though, you can access certain select shows in our free archive and grab a free show released every week on the site. Otherwise, catch us Monday through Friday right here on The Fringe FM. They all say the same thing. They're all like, you know, over the last four years, everything good that happened was because of us. And we would have done more good stuff if it wasn't for those guys. And then they, the Democrats go, oh, we did all the good stuff. <laughs> like you're all working for the same guy. Hi, Jeremy Scott here from Into the Paranormal, and I'm back live Saturdays at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on The Fringe FM. See, now you're infecting my memory with your memory, and I can't even remember my own life correctly. Yeah. I think you are remembering okay, it. Guys, it was a pretty good thing. Guys, no, no, no. Can, can we not do this? Can we not start messing with each other's memories, okay? Distorting facts, it, like, basically changes history. You know, it's like fake news. You know, and then all of a sudden, nobody knows what the truth is, and facts don't matter. Guys, it's a slippery slope. Alex Hi, I'm Alex Exum, and you're listening to KTLK, The Fringe FM. If you're interested in all things that include the occult, from witchcraft to voodoo, and from mythology to alchemy, then why not check out the book Occult Arcana, complete with hundreds of beautiful images. Maybe you want to look at technology, black goo, UFOs, and demonic pacts made in the entertainment industry. Check out the technological elixir, black goo, transhumanism, and invoking AI. Or if that's not enough and you want a practical look at food, lifestyles and ingredients, even those in your pet food, with free solutions to better health, then check out Food Philosophy, 
All three of these books are available in softcover or PDF at www.thesecretteachings.info. That's where you can read reviews, see pictures, and even order yours today. It not only supports The Secret Teachings and Fringe FM, but most importantly, it supports you. Understand the procedure now. Just stop a few of their machines and radios and telephones and lawnmowers. Throw them into darkness for a few hours and then sit back and watch the pattern. And this pattern is always the same? With few variations. They pick the most dangerous enemy they can find. And it's themselves. All we need to do is sit back and watch. I'm Ryan Gable, and this is the Secret Teachings radio broadcast right here on the Fringe FM. And I want to get something straight. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I have no political party affiliation. I don't have an affiliation with anything except information. I want to learn about things, and then I want to share that with you as listeners. And that's what we do here on the Secret Teachings. And what I'm sharing with you tonight is an incredible history of the United States of America where we've been able to abolish the talking points and the anti-American rhetoric used by some political parties and by subversive elements within the country that can take advantage of our open society in order to bring us down internally so that a United Nations world government can be established None of this is conspiracy or speculative. The, the, the World Economic Reset coming up next year, Prince Charles the Red Dragon giving, giving speeches, people like Bill Gates, a known eugenicist who was involved with Planned Parenthood, his father was involved, wants to give black people shots before anybody else gets the shots because Bill Gates is a member of this same cult people that believe they are superior to other people for whatever the reason, the color of their skin, the wealth, their bloodline, etc., etc., etc. And although I'm not a Republican or a Democrat, I want to make it very clear that historically the Democratic Party was responsible for the proliferation of racial divide. The Democratic Party was responsible for the Ku Klux Klan, The Democratic Party was responsible, along with support from England and France, exacerbating the problems that led to the Civil War. And the Democratic Party was complicit in all acts of segregation, the lacking of of any kind of basic fundamental rights that a black man or a black woman was granted. The Democratic Party was complicit in all of this. You might say, well, what about the Civil Rights Act of 1964, the, Vi- the Voting Rights Act of 1965, the Fair Housing Bill of 1968? These are all Democratic things. What about the end of segregation, Brown versus the Board of Education, Democratic Supreme Court mostly? These are all Democratic things. 
Yeah, but see, the civil rights movement took place long before King ever gave a speech about some dream he had. I love that speech, by the way. Judge a man based on the content of his character, not the color of his skin. But this is not a new idea, new concept. This was spoken by people like Frederick Douglass long before King was even born. This was spoken about by the founders of our country long, long before the country was even established, even preliminarily established. Let's fast forward through the Constitution to the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, the Reconstruction Amendments. The 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments established the foundation for the Civil Rights Act of 1964, for the Fair Housing Bill of 1968, for the Voting Rights Act of 1965. But see, all of these things, these bills, these acts, they just simply granted and they, they reinforced things that were already established in those three constitutional amendments. And they were passed, those amendments, almost exclusively by the Republican Party. Only 23% of Democrats voted for the 13th Amendment. Only 23% of the Democratic Party voted to end slavery in 1864 and 1865. And that's between the Senate and the House. None. No Democrat voted for the 14th Amendment. None. To give black citizenship. But boy, oh boy, did they want to count those black boys and black girls so that they could get equal representation based on census in the federal government, didn't they? But no, 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 no. That's why the founders established the three-fifths provision, the three-fifths clause, the three-fifths compromise, because you don't get to count those slaves. You don't get additional political power because of the people that you have enslaved, the people that you own. And the 15th Amendment passed almost exclusively by the Republican Party. Now, again, I'm not a Republican, but this is the history, and it's really important because the Republican Party passed the Civil Rights Act of 1866. And the Civil Rights Act of 1866, and you heard me right, I said 1866, not 1964. The Civil Rights Act of 1866 was the foundation for the granting of civil rights, not human rights, civil rights to African Americans. Many of them at the time were actually African Americans. They were from Africa they're African-Americans. I mean, you want to be an African-American today, that's fine. I don't, it doesn't matter to me. It doesn't, I don't care. But I'm saying they were legitimately African-Americans. The Civil Rights Act of 1866. Republican. But the Democratic president at the time, pro-union Democrat Andrew Johnson, who took over for Abraham Lincoln after he was assassinated, vetoed the bill. But then that veto was overrode, uh, overrode overridden. So the act became law. I mean, if you just if you listen to some of the things, read some of the things people like Andrew Johnson said, I mean, this is this is supposed to be like what Trump sounds like today, where he says it is the glory of white men to know that they have had these qualities in sufficient measure to build upon this continent, a great political fabric and to preserve its stability for more than 90 years, while in every other part of the world, all similar experiments have failed. And he goes on to say. No independent government of any form has ever been successful in their hands. He's talking about blacks. On the contrary, wherever they have been left to their own devices, they have shown a constant tendency to relapse into barbarism. This is probably one of the most racist things that a U.S. president ever said. And surprise, surprise, it didn't come out of the mouth of a Republican. It didn't come out of the mouth of Donald Trump. It came out of the mouth of an actual racist Democrat named Andrew 
Johnson. So in response to the Civil Rights Act of 1866, the Democratic Party proposed the Black Laws, which were restrictive laws designed to limit the freedom of African Americans and ensure their availability as a cheap labor force after slavery was abolished during the Civil War. Now, these black codes were later struck down by the Republican Party and Reconstruction was put in their place, the Reconstruction Act of 1867. They established the Free Man's Bureau, the Freedman's Bureau, which attempted to settle blacks on plantations taken by Union troops. However, those that owned the plantations were given pardons by Andrew Johnson and this legitimate form of reparations was voided by the Democratic president. The Republican Party tried to actually legitimately give physical reparations to those people who had been slaves. Today, if you're not a slave, and I'm not a slave owner, I don't owe you shit. To be an entitled piece of shit and think that other people owe you something because their ancestors, who might not even be who you think they are, did something maybe to your ancestors who might not even be who you think they are, just because of the color of your skin is inherently racist, bigoted, and it's the very opposite of what was enshrined in the foundation of this country. So take that shit somewhere else. Take that shit to communist China. Take that shit to some place where they base their governmental policy on cultural revolution to keep people constantly nipping at each other's heels. We don't want that in America. We don't want that in the United States. But we do have an open society where you can act that way. You can be that way. And so long as you don't hurt somebody and you don't deprive somebody of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, you can be a bigot and a racist. That's the beautiful thing about America. You can be a racist. Be a racist. Be my guest. Be a racist. Don't like me because I'm white. Be a racist. When it was the white man that actually ended slavery, white men did bad things, but so did black men. This is preposterous. We look at everything based on race in this context. So what happened after Andrew Johnson voided the reparations attempt by the Republican Party? Well, the Republican Party appointed military governors in the South and they had the power to override local authorities. And as a result of this, 1,500 or so black people won federal, state, and local elections. This included the first black senator from Mississippi to serve a full term, Blanche K. Bruce, Republican. He was also the only former slave to serve in the United States Senate. They don't teach you about him in school, do they? Because he's a Republican and he's a black boy and the Republican Party helped to get him elected to office, not as a Democrat. Bruce, after having been born into slavery and freed, studied at Oberlin College and became a farmer and a landowner. It was the Republican Party and black leaders who worked with the Republican Party who called to remove race as the basis of policy and social issues. Frederick Douglass, for example, said, quote, It is evident that white and black must fall or flourish together. In light of this great truth, laws ought to be enacted and institutions established, all distinctions founded on complexion and every right, privilege, and immunity now enjoyed by the white man ought to be as, uh, as freely granted to the man of color. It's almost identical to what Martin Luther King said years later. I have a dream that my four little children will one day live in a nation where they will not be judged by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character. Frederick Douglass said this long before King was even born. 
So they tell us the Civil War was fought over slavery. No, it was actually fought over economics and secession from and preservation of the Union. Abraham Lincoln said it was fought over the money powers. It was fought over banking. Abraham Lincoln talked about this. He wrote about this. They say racism was the fault of the South. No, it really wasn't the fault of the South any more than it was the fault of the United States of America or the North or the South independently of each other, one or the other. It it, it was the Democratic Party that literally as an organization drove slavery, drove the slave trade. See, slavery is the ownership of property. So if I own something, I own a person, that's slavery. But if someone is captive, but... I don't own them as property, I just control them, then that person is enslaved. So what the Democratic Party did, and again, I'm not a Republican. I'm just telling you how history works, and it doesn't mean you're a bad person if you're a Democrat today. But the Democratic Party found a new way, because they had been overpowered, the Democratic Party found a new way to enslave the Negro. The Democratic Party re-enslaved the black man and the black woman through what they called uh, this uh, guy named uh, John Calhoun. Some of you might know John Calhoun, who invented the positive good, where he said slavery is good for the master and it's good for the slave. And that positive good attitude went along with a racial caste system, which was a cultural ideology created by the Democratic Party primarily, called, you guessed it, white supremacy, a system where the poorest and dumbest white person belongs within the top part of the hierarchy of color, and the smartest the most brilliant, the wealthiest black man still belongs at the bottom of that hierarchy of power. So you had a bunch of dumb white people who thought they were part of something because they were white. They were used, like so many people are today, by politics. Behind the politics was big money, big business. The Democratic Party established political hegemony in the South by granting social and psychological parameters for white supremacy. This idea is obviously racist, and it persuaded a lot of poor white people to take on the ideology. Others were considered members of a lower dark class, the blacks, or any other, working with the political opposition that ended slavery. So if you were white, but you did not support slavery, they still considered you part of the black class, working with the political opposition that, 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 that wanted to and eventually did end slavery, and that wanted to end enslavement and end segregation. And this is exactly what groups do today. If you're a black man, a black woman, and you say, well, you know that Planned Parenthood was established to exterminate the black race. You know that the Democratic Party founded the Ku Klux Klan. I'm not going to be a part of the Democratic plantation anymore. You know, even if it's a political thing, I'm voting Republican. I like the president. I like President Trump. Let's say A black man or woman says that. Well, in a lot of environments, you can't say that as a black person, can you? Because the hordes of white people will say, no, 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 get back on the plantation. You don't get to talk. Shut your mouth. Because rather than assigning white people who didn't agree to the class of black, now black people who don't agree are assigned to the class of whites. You're oppressed by the white man. That's why you don't vote Democrat. That's why you're not a part of these Black Lives Matter protests, because you've been brainwashed by the white man. Now they put the black man into the white category, 
In the 1800s, they put the white man into the black category. You might as well be one of them Negro boys. You don't support slavery. You don't support the right of your people as a white person. Just incredible racism. So you're right. There was an amazing amount of racism, an amazing amount of, of enslavement. And, and it came historically from the people, the parties, the parties that are responsible for so much of the upheaval politically that you see today. It's gaslighting. So in order to fight back against the continued abolition of even, even racial ideology, various groups were established to terrorize the public and the government. Constitutional Guards, White Brotherhoods, Society of Pale Faces, Knights of the White Camilla, all these things were established to do what the most famous group, the Ku Klux, or the circle in Greek, the Ku Klux Klan, was founded to do by the former Confederate Army officer Nathan Bedford Forst, who later served as a Democratic delegate at the 1968 convention. And they say that the KKK only attacked blacks? No, they actually attacked Northern Republicans and white. This is the wording they used. The KKK, just like a black man speaks out of turn today, and they tell him to get back on that Democratic plantation. They put the black in the white. In these days, the white man who dared to speak out of the color hierarchy was put into the black category. Because the Northern Republicans and any white person who didn't support slavery, the KKK called them white niggers in the South because they didn't support segregation. They didn't support slavery. The white person who said, I don't support that, was equal to the black man, the black woman, no matter how wealthy or how intelligent they were. So the Republican Party in 1871 passed the force bill or the Ku Klux Klan Acts. It was signed by President Ulysses Grant. And interestingly enough about Ulysses Grant, he believed in what he wrote was, quote, an invisible empire throughout the South. Now, what's interesting about that is George Bickley, who founded a secret society very similar to the Ku Klux Klan, called the Knights of the Golden Circle, Ku Klux, Greek for circle, Ku Klux Klan, Golden Circle, Bickley formed the Knights of the Golden Circle to promote Southern interests. Now, his plan called for a land grab with a radius of over 2,000 miles to be a massive slaveholding plantation empire. Ulysses Grant knew what he was talking about, an invisible empire through the South. And that's exactly what George Bickley, founder of the Knights of the Golden Circle, wanted, a massive slaveholding plantation empire. That stretched from the Caribbean and Mexico to Central America. And, of course, this, this large circular empire was called the Golden Circle. So the Knights of the Golden Circle, the knights that would enforce the empire of, of this massive slave plantation. Now, the Ku Klux Klan went away pretty quick after the, the force bill in 1871, and they stayed away for around a decade or so, but they came back later because Thomas Dixon, who was a, an extremely racist writer who was a Democrat, wrote a number of racist books, and outright racist books, in the 20th century. In 1902, he wrote The Leopard Spots. In 1905, he wrote The Klansman. He teamed up with D.W. Griffith to make The Birth of a Nation in 1915, and this inspired the reemergence of the Klan with their white costumes, weird titles like Cyclops, and with burnings of crosses and things like that in meetings known as clan clilliums or clan ovocations. 
The Klan claimed to be justified as protectors of white people from the black menace, once again playing on those ideas of racial supremacy. The real goal was, of course, to keep blacks subservient with no natural or civil rights. Now, segregation was institutional in the 1880s, but not fully established until the 20th century. All of this literally run by a criminal group working within the Democratic Party primarily. And the Supreme Court affirmed segregation as legal in Plessy versus Ferguson in 1896. Plessy versus Ferguson, 1896, the Supreme Court said segregation is legal. And all of this came about based on a, a, a Louisiana statute called an act to promote the comfort of passengers, which was a Democratic passed law signed by a Democratic governor in Louisiana. And it was all about this guy, was his name, Homer Plessy, who refused to sit in the railroad compartment reserved for blacks and was cited for breaking the law. However, the law was upheld by a mostly Democratic Supreme Court, except for one person, Republican from Kentucky, Justice John Harlan, who said, quote, Our Constitution is colorblind and neither knows nor tolerates classes among citizens. He said that just as Douglas had said, just as King had said. Homer Plessy, by the way, was also a Republican. So then you have the, the Jim Crow laws or, or, or the Jim Crow state constitutional provisions that mandated segregation of public schools, public places and public transportation and the segregation of restrooms, uh, restaurants, drinking fountains, etc. All of this was literally enacted by the Democratic Party, signed by Democratic governors, upheld by Democratic judges, and enforced with Democratic sheriffs and other local offices of power. And Woodrow Wilson, a Democrat, mandated segregation for all agencies of the federal government. Historian George Fredrickson said, the one thing that held the Democratic Party together was a commitment to maintaining white supremacy. They lost the battle over outright human ownership and slavery in the United States. So they turned to enslavement. They turned to segregation. They turned to other forms of control. They turned to terrorism, terrorizing people who didn't agree, white people who didn't agree. And of course, terrorizing black folks as well. Black Lives Matter today, just like Margaret Sanger said, will use black pastors to convince the black people that they need to be exterminated, that, that Planned Parenthood's a good thing, but we don't want the word to get out that we want to exterminate the black population. She said that. Planned Parenthood is a growth of all this history I just told you. It's a growth out of this history of the racist gaslighting Democratic Party as it historically stands. And the Planned Parenthood, the birth control society, social Darwinism, this is the next step in the process. Segregation, ghettos, and keeping black people on a new kind of plantation. A plantation where we will give you money not to work, as opposed to we will give you no money to work while we whip you. We give you a little bit of money, just enough to be hooked, so you don't have to go to work. 
you become dependent on the system, dependent on us, and you vote Democrat and you give us power, 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 power. So nowadays, sure, a lot of black people, about 90% vote for Democrats on average. Before this, all changed. Before the free handouts, it was about 90% of the black community voted for Republicans because they knew the Republican Party was the only one that helped them, the only one that cared about them. The only one that gave them real civil rights. The only one that gave them citizenship, that gave them, under the Constitution, those inalienable rights that were already granted to them, but were restricted by southern states that had to be overridden at the federal level with amendments to the U.S. Constitution. And that never could have been done for a number of different reasons if Russia hadn't supported the North during the Civil War. And if there wasn't a three-fifths clause in the Constitution, then the Constitution would have given powers to the South to overrun and overrule the North, and slavery would have probably become so dominant this would literally be a slave empire. White people ended slavery. And this great experiment, the Novus Ordo Seclorum, all this on the back of the dollar bill, this is the New World Order. It's a New World Order of liberty for all people, no matter where you come from. That's why we celebrate the 4th of July. And the New World Order now is the destruction of the United States, the destruction of the beacon of freedom, and the establishment of that global plantation, that global golden circle. As we wind down here, I want to share something with you from KTLA Channel 5 Television. I want you to listen to this. It sounds like the end of a movie where the, the, the resistance to like an empire like Star Wars, like they, they prevail and, 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 the, and the empire is just like, what's happening? We told that we, we had complete control. What happened? They overwhelmed us. They overrun us. They overran us. That's what this sounds like. This is footage from Los Angeles and, and, and mainstream news acting like it's a crime to light fireworks and celebrate the 4th of July. Listen to this from local L.A. television. The past 10 minutes, 15 minutes or so, and there are massive fireworks going off pretty much in every direction that you see here. Jasmine, our local fire departments and police... It's really an amazing sight. ...to do this, right. but it seems tonight they are not listening to those calls. Well, and they're, they're putting up new warnings on social media. I mean, they're saying safe and sane are even banned in the majority of cities in L.A. County, not to mention the city of L.A. has a ban as well. We know many of the public shows have been canceled so we've done stories on this more people have been unfortunately setting off illegal fireworks i mean it is quite the illegal sign. this is not supposed to fireworks be I mean, you could be fined up to this is not supposed to be happening you could be fined thousands of dollars this isn't supposed to be happening it's like literally the death star just exploded the empire has fallen the third american war for independence is underway and now this global slave plantation sees what they're up against. A rifle behind every blade of grass, the American spirit, all displayed in this act of disobedience to the tyrants that said you can't even celebrate your day of independence. It's a big middle finger to everything that this country was founded on, and the American people just in that display of defiance, even if it's a bunch of drunk people lighting fireworks, shows that this country ain't dead yet. And if you want it, Molan Labe, come and take it. I'm Ryan Gable. This is The Secret Teachings. 
We'll talk to you on the next broadcast. We're going to get into Epstein tomorrow night, so you don't want to miss that. We're going to get into Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell right here on the show. Stay with us. Don't go anywhere on The Fringe FM.